Chapter Twelve of As in a Mirror by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve Interrogation Points. The lamp in the woodhouse chamber belonging to the Elliot farm burned late that night, although the sheets of carefully written manuscript spread over the table did not increase in number. The occupant of the room was busy with thoughts that he did not care to commit to paper. He had made certain additions to the furniture since his occupancy. One was a strong box that locked with a padlock, wherein he kept certain books and all his papers during the day safe from Susan's inquiring eyes. Another was a lamp of fair size that he had bought with his first earnings, explaining carefully to Susan that he had some copying to do evenings that required a strong light. "'He's got a girl somewhere that he writes to.' commented susan after she had described the lamp i found sheets of paper throwed away the other day filled full of stuff that i couldn't make head nor tail to i got at him about it i said i should have thought he would have thrown them away and if he couldn't write better sense than that to his girl she'd throw them away for him after which criticism it may be supposed that john stuart was more careful what he did with rejected pages of manuscript but on this particular evening as has been said the story he was writing did not grow instead he established himself in the rocking chair and stared out of his one window on the fields lying white in the moonlight and considered his face was grave even to perplexity certain words heard that evening seemed to repeat themselves in his brain with the persistency of a phonograph set to make a single statement for instance what is truth said itself over and over again always in hildreth elliot's voice and with her searching eyes enforcing the words if she understood his position fully would she call him an embodied falsehood would he ever be able to explain to her his reasons for this false position would she consider the reasons adequate well suppose she did not was he bound to justify himself in her eyes as often as the round of questions reached this one, he moved uneasily in his chair and held his mind away from considering the answer. He would rather even take up that other question, which was growing almost as persistent, whether he was himself satisfied with his false position. It was a false position, of course. He looked the moon boldly in the face and told it gloomily that there was no use in mincing words he had forgotten himself for two minutes that evening and talked in a strain common to his ordinary life with what result she had looked puzzled and pained she had more than once that evening brought a flush of actual shame to his face by words which she had not imagined applied to him when had john stuart king had occasion to blush for acts of his it was all questionable a shading of the truth an intent to deceive i sometimes think if we could get all lives centred in absolute truthfulness he seemed to hear again her singularly penetrative voice saying these words he went on mentally finishing the sentence had he committed to memory all words of hers they seemed to cling to him would it be possible ever to make her understand there he was back again to that question about which he did not intend to think 
why not give it all up at once he was not accomplishing that for which he had set out or rather in a sense that had been accomplished some time ago and now he was simply not wasting time he assured himself that he was learning every day in an entirely new line securing material that would serve him well for the future but he was clearly not satisfied i suppose he said to himself if i should commit arson and get committed to prison i should learn a new lesson of life but i doubt if the end would justify the means but that is nonsense still he knew that he was growing every day more dissatisfied not with the humble life that simply amused him it was still a relief to feel no trammels of society upon him to be bound by no engagements to call or dine or attend a friend to a reception the plain homely fare so much more excellent than he had supposed people of that class enjoyed far from being a cross to him he had eaten with a relish that he had not known for years moreover the weary nights that he had spent tossing on his bed trying to woo sleep were things of the past on his hard clean bed in the woodhouse chamber he dropped to sleep the moment his head touched the pillow and knew nothing more until the morning oh there were blessings connected with this experience what then was at fault it could not certainly be the social position that chafed him he laughed when he thought of the patronizing tone in which rex hartwell said well john you keep your horses in first-class order i see i wish i could find as careful a man as you to look after mine rex did not mean to be patronizing he meant simply to be kind and john was not in the least annoyed only amused he laughed with even more relish when he thought of susan appleby's honest attempts to civilize him for the times were innumerable in which that outspoken woman got at him for his good he was equally indifferent to nanny marvin's efforts to be friendly with him after the manner in which she tried to be to all the employees of the farm and to elfrida's grown-up and superior airs but he looked grave when he thought of corliss elliot the boy interested him he saw in him great possibilities stuart king the scholar might do much for him john stuart his father's hired man was powerless it was so in a measure at least with the boys he had met that evening the rudest and most ignorant among them by reason of his being a factory hand or a boy struggling at home on the worn-out farm considered himself a grade above a hired man and would not be disposed to take help or hint from him yet let him be perfectly frank with himself at least it was not simply being somebody's hired man that had put him outside the line of helpfulness he felt assured that had this been his legitimate position in life he could have built up by degrees such a character as would have commanded the respect of every boy in the neighborhood it is because i am a sham he told himself gloomily the very boys do not more than half believe in me they eye me with suspicion and feel the difference between what i profess to be and what i really am i am a growing object of suspicion i could see it to-night in her eyes I should not be surprised to hear that I am a fugitive from justice. It is as Fletcher said, I cannot do it. 
no man can be successfully for any length of time what he is not should he drop the whole thing there was an easy way out he could say to mr elliot that he had decided to go home and take his month's wages that were due the next day and telegraph fletcher to express his trunk to bennettsville and stop with it at an obscure downtown hotel where none of his set ever penetrated and engage a room and make his toilet and appear at his rooms on chester square as stuart king the author returned at last from his summer wanderings within forty-eight hours at the utmost he could take up his dropped life and make all things as they used to be could he his startled consciousness asked this question of him with a force that he had not suspected what about that picture of truth on his study table that had so interested him would he ever again be satisfied with the pictured eyes when he knew that not far away their counterpart looked with real living gaze upon those of her world yes and read them apparently as she would an open book in plain language did he care to go back to his cultured refined rich life and leave hildreth elliot secure in her father's farmhouse never to see her again never to make her understand that he was true and earnest and had a purpose in life as assuredly as she had herself if i do not he said aloud at last and gloomily then i would better by all means go to-morrow let me retain at least the semblance of manhood but i could not go so soon it would not be treating mr elliot well i ought to give him opportunity to supply my place he was shamefaced over the pleasure that this thought gave him the idea that an honest reason for a week's delay could set his heart to beating faster it was high time he went he rose abruptly at last refusing to allow himself to come to any decision refusing positively to think longer upon certain themes that kept urging their right to be considered i'll go to work i believe he said with a laugh and see if i can forget myself in the troubles of reuben and hannah i wonder what that precious couple intended doing with me next the idea that an author creates his situations is the merest nonsense witness how these two wind me about their little fingers compelling me to allow them to do and say what i had not the remotest intention should be said or done then he went over to his table for the first time that evening and found lying there a bulky package addressed to john stuart it was from fletcher of course but where did it come from he had himself driven over to the office at five o'clock and found nothing some neighbor must have been ahead of him and brought the mail he looked troubled over it this thing had occurred once or twice before and each time he had received a suspiciously heavy packet and susan the outspoken had said on one occasion seems to me you get an awful lot of letters i should think it would take all you could earn to pay the postage if you answer them all it was evidently one of the things about him that looked suspicious perhaps it helped to create that pained and puzzled look he had seen in hildreth's eyes that night oh to be able to look into those eyes with perfectly honest ones with nothing to conceal or explain if he were back at his rooms to-night with his present knowledge 
and could start out to-morrow morning john stuart king student and author and could come out to bennettsville by train and thence to the elliott farm by the public conveyance and boldly asked to be boarded for a few weeks while he studied the conditions of country life with a view to a certain portion of his next book why then the tramp question that had started him out on his quest might be investigated by whoever would do it he should not care but in that case how would he have known of such a thing as hildreth elliot no his experience had been too rich to give up easily besides he could not have come to the farmhouse and boarded with any such ideas being a man of honour this could not have pshaw what ideas what was he talking about and what was the matter with him to-night it was that remarkable meeting that had upset him no it was that remarkable talk during the drive home how troubled she had looked and then he opened his letter it enclosed others bearing foreign postmarks fletcher's was brief and ran as follows see here my boy isn't it time you gave up this folly and came home if you don't appear soon i shall get up a search party and come after you dr wells asks all sorts of questions as to what you are about and even dixon from your bank stopped me on the street to ask if you were ill because he had not been called upon to cash any of your checks lately i shall not promise to keep the peace much longer how many tramps can you study pray staying forever in one place i looked up bennettsville yesterday it is an insignificant little place not even large enough for a money order office is it headquarters for tramps do come home john i'm tired of this if you are not john had laid down the letter with a faint smile on his face and turned the two foreign ones over apparently to study their postmarks then he opened one written in a delicate running hand it began my dear son i have delayed writing for several days hoping to hear of you as back in town what can you be doing in the country so late and why don't you give me your correct address instead of my having to send letters always to fletcher's care don't you stay long enough in one place to receive any mail if not i do not see why you might not as well be with us we have been in the same place now for three weeks and a quieter place with better opportunities for you to go on with your interminable writing i am sure you could not find i think elizabeth is rather hurt with your conduct although she would not say so for the world she is certainly gayer than she was but that is not strange a girl of her age must have some amusement i told her yesterday that if you were within a thousand miles of her and likely to hear about it the same season i should almost accuse her of flirting have a care stuart elizabeth is young and beautiful and accustomed to attention she will not endure patiently neglect of any sort and if you are not attentive now what can she expect for the future there was more of it in the same strain the reader's face gathered in a frown and he presently skipped to the next page and glanced hurriedly down its contents then took up the other letter with a sigh it was shorter than his mother's and the hand was even more feminine and difficult to read my dear stuart we are still to address you nowhere in particular it seems 
your friend fletcher is certainly very kind does he have the privilege of reading the letters before he forwards them to pay him for his trouble it seems sometimes as though you were nowhere we wonder daily what you can find to hold you to the country so late the utmost that i could ever endure of the country was a very few weeks in the summer but i believe you always raved over it it is another illustration of how startlingly our tastes differ we are really quite domesticated at this point there is talk of our remaining all winter in which case it would have been a delightful place for you to indulge your scribbling propensities there is a certain mr cap in here an english gentleman with a prospective title i believe who is very attentive chiefly to your mother though of course he has to let me share his courtesies for propriety's sake how should you enjoy a step-papa my dear boy he is not old but neither is your mother i am not sure but it would be a good idea if you say so i will encourage it to the best of my ability at this point the letter was tossed angrily down and the frown on the reader's face had gathered in great cords he could not have told what it was that irritated him so painfully he had for years contemplated the possibility of his mother's marrying again not exactly with satisfaction it is true they were so totally different that there could not in the truest sense of the word be very close companionship still the young man had been wont to say mournfully to himself that his mother was all he had and at the same time he had schooled himself to the possibility of her assuming closer ties than his so it was not astonishment over the unexpected that helped to deepen the frowns on his face it was rather perhaps the utter absence of feeling of any sort of heart in either letter that struck home with a dull pain mother and elizabeth the two names had been associated in his life for years always indeed for elizabeth was a second cousin left early to his mother's care for at least four years he had thought of her as his promised wife this had seemed a natural and entirely reasonable outgrowth of their intimacy his mother had desired it and neither he nor elizabeth had been in the least averse to the arrangement he had been somewhat tried of late by her apathy with regard to his literary studies and her indifference to his success as an author but he had told himself that she was like all young women now as the frowns deepened on his face until it was positively scarred with them he admitted to himself that all young women were not like her what is truth what is truth repeated the wretched phonograph in his brain over and over and over he was angry even with that he swept all the papers and letters reuben and hannah the creations of his brain fletcher with his gay nothings his mother and elizabeth with their empty nothings into his padlock box and turned the key then he went to bed but it was late that night or rather it was early in the morning before he forgot his perplexities in sleep. End of chapter 12